Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. I am sitting in my office today in beautiful, sunny San Diego. It's January and today is like the first day where I feel like it's starting to like come back to like that warm, sunny San Diego weather and I'm just loving it. It's like rained probably like three days in San Diego and I sound like such a spoiled little bitch, but I cannot handle the cold. I can't do it. I'm like so ready for summertime. I'm so ready to just like have our summers back in San Diego and just like get back to it. So on today's episode, I'm really excited. We are bringing on Krista Williams from The 100 blog and also Almost 30 podcast. Krista is somebody that I was connected with during an event that we were hosting. And also she invited us to one of her San Diego events. And instantly I just felt connected to her. She's just this beautiful, warm spirit that also just really knows how to create a brand and be truly authentic in that brand. Her transparency, her honesty, her professionalism is something that I inspire to be like, and I feel like she inspires so many women. Um, Her and Lindsay both have created this incredible community with their Almost 30 podcast. If you haven't listened, go listen. They've had some amazing, amazing names on there um, from people like Tone It Up, uh, Karina Dawn and Karina Scott, Katrina Scott, excuse me, Um, Allie Webb from The Dry Bar, um, and just other really, really awesome guests. And they really kind of dive into the realness of you know, women and being, you know, in our generation today. And they just open up this amazing platform for women to be real and to talk about real issues. So on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to really hear what she has to say. I'm excited for you guys to listen. And I'm just, I think she's just a perfect guest for this podcast. She actually was one of the speakers for our Influence LA brunch that we hosted. And just to hear her talk about some some of these topics that are you know either controversial or that people don't really discuss it's amazing she puts it in a very beautiful way a very open way and it she really is groundbreaking in the way that she believes that people need to be educated and there needs to be a safe place to discuss these different topics so without further ado we're going to go ahead and dive right on into it <laughs> Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Under the Influence podcast. I am here with one of my favorites. I got the pleasure of meeting her in San Diego as well as at our Influence Los Angeles brunch, and she is just somebody that just warms my heart. Welcome, Krista Williams, to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I mean, the feeling is mutual. I 
You are such a pro. You are so sweet and you're so down to earth. So I am just love being in someone as cool and as beautiful as you's orbit. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, such kind words. Well, Krista, you are doing such big things. I mean, you from you and Lindsay having, you know, such a successful podcast, almost 30 podcasts, to you having such a successful blog, the hundred blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're just really killing it in the digital space. What can you give us a little bit of background on how you started the blog and then what led you to creating this amazing podcast with Lindsay? Yeah. So I started 100 blog, which stands for keeping it 100. So I keep it 100 on my blog as much as I can. Um, And I started it when I lived in New York City. And I knew that my job, you know, the corporate jobs that I had had weren't fulfilling me. I knew that they weren't the end all be all. And I didn't feel like myself at them. I didn't feel like it was getting the best of me. I didn't feel like I was expressing, you know, who I was. So I needed an outlet and I was traveling a lot at the time and people kept asking about, you know, tips for traveling, whether it was how to stay well on the road or, um, travel guides for places. So I started my website by four years ago, hundred blog and, um, made it a Squarespace site. It was super simple. It was really probably really unattractive and just started to get content out there with really no, um, no ideas or plans, um, just knowing that I wanted to like do something creative. Um, and so hundred blog grew, you know, from that point, pretty, pretty steadily. It was really nothing like made it pop and nothing, you know, was super big, but, um, it's just grown at a really healthy pace, um, and feels really natural to me. And then, you know, two years ago I was connected with Lindsay Simsic when I was auditioning, for soul cycle. So I wanted to be a soul cycle instructor so bad. It was like my goal and my dream. There's nothing else in the world that I wanted more, you know, than doing that, but I didn't get it. I auditioned twice, but it did connect me with Lindsay. So when I met Lindsay, we started to have really deep, meaningful conversations that we felt like others were having and other women, especially And we wanted to bring those conversations to a broader platform. And that's really how, you know, Almost 30 Podcast was born, just out of those real, raw, honest conversations. And from there, it's really grown into a community of women um, all over the world. Wow, that is so amazing. And what like a, what fate that you guys kind of met that way. I mean, yeah, it is. It's like, it's like such a sign for me because you know, I want, like, I can't even tell you how bad I wanted to be a soul cycle instructor. It's like actually embarrassing. Like I would literally just sit on the (laughs) train. I would sit on the train in New York and be like, I am, I would like try and manifest. I'd be like, I am a soul cycle instructor. I am a soul cycle instructor in my head repeatedly. And so when I didn't get it, I was like, why? I don't understand what is the path for me? Like what's meant for me? And then what was meant for me was, you know, to meet Lindsay and for her to connect to connect in like a different way. And now what's been given or what we created was bigger and better than anything I could have ever done as an instructor. That's, that's insane. And I mean, you guys are really kind of taking that corner on the market. I mean, as far as the, you know, kind of the health podcast or wellness podcast. Um, I mean, you were even nominated for iHeartRadio podcast awards. Can you tell us about that? That's, that's a huge achievement. I know it's, to be honest, it's like kind of weird. I'm like, um, like it was like, so I'm like, what happened? Cause it's, it's amazing and awesome. And we're so, I mean, I'm just floored to be honest, because 
we're not with a network, you know, we're very like boot, we've been like not bootstrapping, but we've been doing this on our own and, you know, big conglomerate and corporations like that usually, you know, pick names. Like we're nominated with people like Dan Harris and Goop. So, you know, we're just floored and excited that to be considered in, in some of those spaces, it's really like, it's really mind blowing, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And we'll see, you know, on the 18th of January is when we find out if we won or not. Oh my gosh. Well, for all of our listeners out there, go out, listen to their podcast, listen to some episodes and then go vote because I mean, you guys are one of my favorites. I'm total, I mean, such a fan. I I listened to you guys before we even started this podcast and I was like, I, I mean, I got so many vibes from you and you, I mean, you guys are also doing some really cool things from, you know, the learnings that you've, you've gotten from Mm -hmm. kind of starting your own podcast, right? I mean, you're doing a course now where you're mm-hmm. teaching people how to start their podcast. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. And I think, you know, like, it's just like an entrepreneurial thing. Like, I think you are like that too, where it's like, you see an opportunity to help people, but then also to, to make it a business. And, you know, that's what we've done with your podcast pro, which is, um, a course and then resources for people who are podcasting, you know? So when Lindsay and I started two and a half years ago, two years ago, there wasn't anything available for people like us who wanted to start a podcast, who wanted to monetize it, who wanted to make it a business and make it something they were really proud of. So we created all of the resources that we've been using, all of the templates we've been using, everything that we would have needed two and a half years ago to make the podcast. We created that in a course and then as resources for people that want to start podcasting. You know, I love blogging. It's, you know, my first love, but the podcast community is insane. Like they are so friendly and welcoming and warm and having the opportunity to connect with people through voice and speech like we're doing right now in a conversation feels so much better than like typing something out on a blog post. Yeah. How is that for you? Since you kind of come from a blogging background, I mean, it's, is, was it a little bit of a shift, you know, going from Mm -hmm. blogging to you know, interviewing people and kind of learning this whole new form of a voice? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. And I, I felt like, to be honest, when I found podcasting, I found what I'd been looking for and what was missing for me with blogging. So I love blogging. I mean, I love writing. I love creating content, but I, there, I get so much more from an energy exchange on with my voice and speaking and interviewing people than I do from writing a post or taking photos. You know, there's, there's a lot of beautiful things that are created on blogs and shared on blogs. But then again, there's a lot of it too, that I was like, I never was in love with, you know, I'm not in love with doing photo shoots all the time and setting up flat lays and, you know, doing all the kind of stuff that like, some girls love and some girls crush. I've always been someone that really liked the content and like the meat of a blog post. So I'd write these like long ass blog posts and it's like, now I can just speak it and like people can hear my voice and kind of connect with it in a different way on the podcast. Wow. That is, that's so cool. I love, I love the way that you kind of just said that and everything that goes into it. I feel like I, I mean, I've tried the blogging scene once or twice and I can't, your guys' consistent, well, your consistency with blogging. I mean, I think that speaks so much to your talent behind it, you know, and the continuous creation of content and mm-hmm. just, the, you know, these amazing articles that you put out. It is, 
it's really impressive when you think about it because I don't think people understand the amount of man hours that go in that goes into blogging and then not yeah. only blogging but you know owning a successful blog that is a brand and is a functional business. A hundred percent. It is. It's like, it's a lot of work and there's really cool stuff. You know, I think that's, that's our job is to show as a blogger is to show the cool stuff, to show the events, to show the brand sponsorships, the deals when we get free facials, you know, da, 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 da. But like, there is a lot of not cool stuff behind the scenes that you have to do and deal with like, uh, you know, just little things related to the business and putting yourself out there all the time is, is something that people really need to be comfortable with if they are going to do, you know, a blog and put out content regularly. Totally. And I mean, you're kind of touching on something that I actually wanted to ask you a little bit mm -hmm. later on, but I'm going to ask you right now is, you know, how do you guys, me and you were kind of chatting a little bit about our breaks and whatnot. Yes. And you had kind of said that you were kind of chilling and that's the phrase you used. Mm -hmm. um, chilling. How do you, you know, I mean, you are doing so much, you know, as far as social media, blogging and podcasting, how do you turn it off? You know, how mm. do you take time to really kind of be off or not be constantly on? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think you, this is the thing, this is like the nature of your game. This is the nature of my game is that our businesses are being on our businesses are a part of a ecosystem that is never stops. You know, the internet never stops yeah. content, never stops. Like it's just like there, you could really get lost in it. And, you know, I definitely have my days and moments. And to be honest, I have a low level set of anxiety 24 seven that I'm not sharing enough on my Instagram stories, or I'm not sharing enough new posts on my Instagram, or I'm not doing our YouTube. You know, there's, that's the thing that's really hard about what we do is that there can always be more. We could do more YouTube videos for our page. We could do more, you know, episodes like it never really stops. So like I have to do my best, I guess, to be very like boundaried about where I spend my time. And I don't know if I've necessarily figured it out, but I know for me personally, like I do more of what feels good and that is podcast episodes. So that's putting out more podcast episodes. That for me is like a passion. It's very easy for me to do that in the sense of I could get on the mic and, you know, be myself. But for Instagram, like I took off a week over the holidays when I was with um, my boyfriend's family. Um, and I didn't miss it at all. And I don't really get on Instagram as much as I used to. I don't do stories as much as I used to. I'm not posting as much as I used to because I just don't connect with the medium as much as I did before. So understanding the seasonality of everything too. Like I'm probably going to have a period in time this summer when I'm like, Oh, I love Instagram and I, I want to really engage with it. And I want to do stories regularly and I want to do all these things, but there's so many outlets and there's there, it never stops. So I think people really need to think about that, that like the only way you could always be up to date with your Instagram is if you post it three times a day and you were Instagram storying your whole life. But like, that is such a time suck. And you really actually need to be an active participant in your life to like have stuff to share or have things that people want to connect with. And you could take time off and people really don't notice. Like they might notice, but if it's going to make you happier and feel better, I definitely recommend, you know, setting a time aside where you really take a break from, you know, feeling like you have to do everything on social media. Totally. I mean, 
I feel the same exact way. I mean, I've also gotten comments about, you know, like my personal Instagram versus the companies yes. versus the influence movements. And it's like, yeah. you know, there's like certain times where I, I'm a very, I feel like I'm a very transparent person. I feel like I you agree. kind of share the same characteristic yep. as me. Yep. Um, and so there, there is times where I'm like, you know, I, I do get anxiety about sharing things on Instagram. You know, I feel mm. like I need to be showcasing certain things. And there's other times where I'm like, I want to post a photo that has, you know, that's something that like, I like that maybe not, might not be on brand for my oh, you know, personal. I know. And it is, it is, it's, it's a difficult, weird, really so weird, weird situation. Yeah. And the feeling of constantly being pressured to be on, I mean, I, I have, con- I mean, it's, it's nerve wracking when I go into my DMS and I notice that a client met, comments on, commented something on my story, whether that's a good or negative I comment. Know. It's like, it's, it's something it's to just, do. You're, you're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. I have something else to do. And it's reply to this DM. And, you know, and obviously of course you're so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for that, but it's 100%. like, Oh, this is, this is, it's another, for me, I think about it as like a cord. It's like, Oh, I, I am obligated to reply to this. And like, it's another thing that I have to do. Yeah, it is. And it's just, it's a weird, weird position that we've put ourselves in and it's okay. And I, like, I, like I walked in the office today and I was like, there's nothing that I would rather be doing with my life than, you know, Mm -hmm. this business. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, but it is, it's kind of something that I feel like we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's not enough education behind it. And that's something too, where we're, when we talk about the influence movement, we talk about, you know, the under the influence podcast, we really want to start having these conversations of, you know, people are still people, you know, it's, social media is still meant to be social and community driven. You know, what are some aspects that we need to be kind of aware of and really kind of need to be changing? And it's, you know, it's just, it's an kind of unspoken topic. I know. And I think, well, because I think we're the first generation to really have this problem. You know, we're the first generation to, to have businesses around the internet and have, um, brands or have like our lives be on the internet and have this relationship with Instagram, you know, that we do or the relationship with other social outlets. So I feel like everyone's really, really figuring it out. So it's like our responsibility to figure out how to have a healthy relationship with it or how to, set boundaries or how to communicate online so that we're being authentic, you know? And I think that that's one thing that I'm learning to do, or I want to do, or I want to see other people do is that we are like, so when I first was on Instagram, whatever, 2013, I don't even know, but like, if you really look at my Instagram, you'll see me evolving. And I think that that a lot of us are also going to be evolving through the internet. So the internet is going to be like, examples of our history of our entire life. So like you could find anything about our lives. And when we're 40, you're going to be able to like track our whole lives because of the internet. So there's just going to be a lot happening. And I think that just checking in and figuring out, you know, like with the DMs, like I'm trying to, I reply to my DMs only when I'm walking in the morning. So if I'll like go on a walk, you know, like I'll try to like three times a week, four times a week. And I'll just take that 45 minutes and like reply to my DMs or, you know, do something like that because I'm walking and because I'm like focusing on it. But if I'm like sitting there and I'm like driving and I'm at a stoplight and I check or I'm like, you know, at dinner and I check a DM, like I will get, you know, I know you probably are the same. Like I'll just, that little hit of stress can affect me. So it's like by batching those, 
it makes me feel a little bit like I have control and that I'm actually paying attention to what people are saying. I love that you say that because it does, it pulls your focus, yes. you know, it pulls that attention. And again, going from that on off mode, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you that switch to go back on and so interesting that you say that. And I, I love that you talked about batching because I think that's really important. In fact, when I, when I was, when we start, first started Echo's Marketing, um, one of the things that I used to do to drive our traffic and to really bring in new potential clients was I used to blog. Um, and mm-hmm. we had built this really, just our main focus was building an email list and really curating content that showcased why we were different or why you know clients should come work for us. And I used to batch out all of my content. And in fact, that's actually one of the ways in which we run social media for our clients is taking time to literally batch out different tasks. And that's not only to help our clients grow, but it's also to help our team manage it. So I think that's super important that you touched on that. And I don't think a lot of people really take time to do it. Yeah. And that's, and especially like for you as a business owner and for people that are listening that, you know, have a blog or are running their own business or even like a side hustle that they want to be a business. It's like you are in control of that and you really need to think about how much more effective that will make you be. And for you running a team that will make your team much more effective too, because I've, I just find that if I do put things in a certain time frame that I'm paying attention, you know, I'm wholeheartedly paying attention to it. I will like be able to get it done much more quickly and I won't have distractions because I mean, you know, our life is essentially distractions if you're working on the internet because it's like a black hole. You know, you could go any which way yeah. with it. So it's just so important that you have your like very specific list of what you need to get done and that you are spending focused time doing on it or you could just sit there and not get anything done or you could you could fall into the trap of feeling like you didn't do enough because that is so easy and what we do is to feel like you you didn't do enough. Absolutely. So what is the passion behind your drive? You know, keep up with the blogging, but to keep up with almost 30 and just your entire brand? For me, my passion now is like, it's changed. So at first it was with the 100 blog. I really wanted to see the blog that I didn't feel like was out there. You know, I didn't feel like Mm. there were any bloggers that were cool and honest and vulnerable and you know, that were a little bit more dynamic than what I was seeing. And I think at the time when I started, it was like people were just very specifically going to the niche of fashion. So it was like, here is my outfit of the day. Here are the links. Like I had a great weekend with my husband. We walked our dog and then that would be it. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm so much more than that. And I feel like the girls that I know that I connect with are so much more than that. You know, we are interested in spirituality. We're interested in health and wellness were interested in like how we can improve our relationships. There was just such a depth that I felt was missing. So I wanted to create this like thing I didn't see out there. And then from there with almost 30, it it started like a passion for podcasting as a platform um, and a passion for interviewing and learning from people. And now it's really about seeing the women that listen to the podcast, connect with one another and grow together and just like their sweet treatment of one another and the support that people that don't know each other provide one another because they've been given the permission by listening to the podcast. 
so growing it is like my biggest passion just because I want to see more women, you know, be there for one another and learn from the information that is provided from our interviewers. So what is, if you could provide like one tip, I know, I feel like this is always, you know, one of the first questions that people ask is, you know, how do you grow something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you community? What is, what is like a one or two tips that you would give for growing your community or growing your brand? It's interesting now because I think um, brands and businesses and people are starting to understand the importance of community and the importance of building a community of people around your brand. It's almost like taking the a thousand loyal fans and, and turning it into the word community. So for us, you know, that has been the absolute game changer in the creation of Almost 30. With 100 blog, you know, I, it, there wasn't really an opportunity, I felt like, with blogging to create a community of people. So to have my readers connect with one another, it was really just having them connect with me. So the community thing is something that I'm new to but has been an absolute game changer. And the biggest way that we've been able to cultivate that community is by being, and you know, everyone listening is going to be like, Oh fuck, like this is not that juicy, but (laughs) by it's true. Like if you show up like yourself and you are like very vulnerable and honest and like completely being you, like there is something very magnetic about that. So Lindsay and I show up every week. We are completely ourselves. We are very honest. We are very unapologetic, but also we are learning and growing and people are attracted to that. And then with the space, if you have a podcast or if you have a blog and you do see that you have listeners or people that are engaging with you on a regular basis, you could create a Facebook group for them. You know, you could create this space where they can meet one another, they can connect with one another in addition to you, but you will be responsible for, you know, offering that permission and for setting the stage for, what will go on within your community if you were to do it on a Facebook group. But I think that's the easiest way. You know, if someone that has a business or, you know, has a brand wants to start, um, you know, creating a community, you have to set the stage with a Facebook group or whatever it is, and then really be there for them, you know, as it continues to grow and evolve. Wow. I love that. I think again, kind of going back into what you're saying too, I mean, your guys's consistency and like you said, just showing up, like showing up vulnerable, showing up honest, showing up, you know, as yourselves, like that's, it is authenticity is what we crave. Like we're all human mm-hmm. beings at the end of the day. We all want to yeah. know that, you know, it, it took eight hours to take that photo and I had my makeup oh. done and I, you know, it felt like shit and whatever. I still don't think it's perfect, but yes. I got it done. And everyone, you know, just sees the final end product. And I feel like a lot of Again, maybe it's maybe we're talking to two different audiences, right? Like I always feel like, you know, there's the girls out there that are doing it that totally understand and then there's those that just see the end product. And I so I think you. having yeah, having that true authenticity is so important. And I mean, I even see there was like I'll never forget this. It was so random. I like put out a photo and I was like I don't, it was just a bad day. Like it was just one bad day that I was having. And it was a photo of our Echo's marketing sign. And I was like, I just had like three mental breakdowns. I cried mm-hmm. in the office, I cried in front of my employees. Like I, you know, like I'm just like, like, but I will not give up. And my caption mm-hmm. just went so probably like over, I overshared like way too much, but it went through the roof. And we, I actually got, yeah, I got a couple DMs from people being like, dude, I needed that. Like I needed oh. someone to just like, life sucks sometimes. Oh. 
No, I mean, it, it is, it's a total balance. And it's like, again, that's one thing that I feel like I'm really seeing with social media is that there's this need for, you know, there is so much authenticity right now and, and, you know, on Instagram and people really trying to kind of break into this new vulnerable state and really kind of oversharing, but there Mm -hmm. is this need for human connection. And I think that's why too, like when we talk about social media and we talk about these businesses and these brands, you know, we, we talk about how communities really drive the internet. And I think Mm -hmm. now we're really starting to see that it's not only about, you know, your follower count, it's now about how many people are really driving your brand and driving that community mm-hmm. and creating a place for it. And I think, when, again, going back to this human behavior, um, that's one of the one ways too that we're really starting to actually turn our business to looking at, you know, how do we create these brands in the digital space and how are we, you know, giving them, you know, talking to the right community and then also mm-hmm. building their community up. And it, mm-hmm. again, it, I mean, you've been dealing with businesses and one of the one of the best things that we've seen from small businesses is when we put the CEO at the f- forefront of a company, mm. when, you know, boomers feel like they're talking to the person that created the, either the business or the actual product. And they're starting to really, really kind of storytell this real person, you know, and this, this real business that's, you know, has a person behind it that has a vision behind it that created this awesome mission. So it, it is funny when you all get, when you get, down to it. It's all about human connection. It's all about, you know, tapping in and really being there for someone else. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, you know, on the podcast too, I think that's such a great point that when we've had um, female founders on, so, you know, women that have founded their own companies on the podcast, the connection that people have with the brands is just through the roof. You know, they hear the actual story of the why and the struggles that they've been through to bring, you know, this brand to light or bring this brand to market. And the amount of affinity and connection you have to a brand is so much greater than if you just saw it on the shelves in the store. So kind of taking that and shifting over, you know, to influence Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're seeing this huge trend of, you know, quote unquote influencers and personal brands, you know, kind of dominating the internet. What can you, what in your own words, how would you describe the word influence? For me, my, I think, you know, everyone has influence in a different capacity or in a different area of their life. It's like some people could be so close with their family that they have such a greater impact on their family, but maybe not as many on their friends because they don't have, you know, friend connections or something like that or at work or, you know, the people that you engage with or interact with on a daily basis. But for me, influence is just about making sure that I am the, it's like a check for me to be the best, most honest, most authentic version of myself. Because I know that with what I do and what I've chose to do, that everything that I say and everything that, you know, I'm interested in or whatever is out there, you know, it's, it's on the, it's on the blog or it's on the podcast. So Um, you know, if I think about myself influencing other people, it may be too much pressure and I could kind of get a little bit in my head. So I just really use it as a um, mirror to make sure that I'm doing what I'm saying and I am living the life that I'm, you know, portraying that I am. Uh, so like an example of that is when I was, you know, I was at my full-time job in marketing. It was like June of this year. And I had been working there for two years while we built almost 30 and I was also doing my blog 
And I just was realizing that the person that I was portraying on the podcast, that was someone that was all about going for your dreams and living a life that was aligned, wasn't the same person that was staying at a job just because they were scared. So I knew that I had to, you know, be a person that does what I say and that is going to walk the walk and talk the talk. So I quit my job, my full-time job to pursue, you know, almost 30 full-time and pursue my dreams full-time because I knew that's what was more aligned with me. So I always kind of go back to thinking, thinking of myself first with influence and then, you know, only good things can come for people. That's such a beautiful way. I mean, that's just such a beautiful story. I love that you, like, I mean, I love that you kind of saw it first in yourself and you're like, you know, I, like you said, walking the walk and talking the talk, Mm -hmm. that's everything. It's like everything. It's everything. Like it is like, that's like my number one thing with people. Like, it's just like, are you doing what you say you are doing? Are you doing what you set out to do? Like, are you someone that preaches these things, but also lives them? Like that is really like what life is about. And I think you do that so well. So I think that's why I'm so attracted to you is you're one of those people. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I mean, I feel like that's, those are such words to live by. And even, you know, even the business standpoint, I mean, I'll do that as a, as a human being as well, but I mean, it speaks volumes in your brand. You know, and that's something too that I'm really actually learning from this last year. There was a lot of opportunities and even money left on the table for me not following through or Mm -hmm. from falling off, you know, my focus or taking on Mm -hmm. too many things and forget, yeah, you know, and then forgetting that you, you know, you committed to something or that you, even as something as small as rescheduling a meeting. I mean, now there's, those are the types of things too, where like, if I have to do that to somebody, it inwardly really bothers me because Mm -hmm. it's something that I'm trying, you know, that we all aim to try to live so hard by, but it's also something too that impacts your reputation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so I, I totally, totally believe in that. And thank you so much. That makes, that just made my day. (laughs) Um, but tell me a little bit too. So who was, was there one person in particular that was like a really big influence on you when you started your brand? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a, a person or a blogger. I think with 100 blog, I was, I wasn't really reading that many blogs or anything like that because it was almost like it would just throw me off. You know, kind of just, I would see something and either I would compare myself and I'd be like, oh, you know, I, I'm not doing what they're doing. Um, but I would say actually now that I think about it, and you know her as well, you know, Lauren Everett, she yeah. was like a, a huge influence for my blog and, um, just her honesty and her authenticity, like was, is always something that differentiates her, um, and her ability to do, you know, do posts about, um, mental health or like relationships, but then also do post about wellness and skin. So the ability to go deep and then keep it really surface has always been something that I've always admired about her. And she always thinks, you know, really far ahead of it. So she's a great influence for the blog. And then for the podcast, I've always liked, you know, really great interview interviewers like Tim Ferriss or Rich Roll. And I never really listened to podcasts that were that much like ours. There was one podcast called Being Boss that I used to listen to. And they're really great. You know, it's one of those things too, like, I don't want to 
you know, just kind of get off my path of what I should be doing by listening to a lot of stuff that could be similar to mine because it might just like make me get in my head, if that makes sense. Totally. Well, I think too, there's, I kind of, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I also think too that it, I, I'm a big person where I, I have to kind of get myself out of my head as well as yes. in far as like comparison. Yes, like I'll exactly. look at, yeah, like I'll look at brands and I'll be like, why am I not like them? And I'm like, well, Whitney, yep. because you're two years old. Like yep. you've been like, you know, like it's, or, you know, because that's not your, that's not your community or that's not your target market. So I love that you said that because I think to a lot of people always assume, you know, like number one, always do your research, duh. But also too, like, don't get your, don't get your head so wound up in other people's brands or what other people are doing to the point where you lose focus or you lose you. Mm -hmm. And And for blogging, it can be like with blogging, especially, you know, I would see girls and it's like, you don't know if they're not millionaires and they have every resource available to them to go on amazing trips and to pay for the photographers and to do all this stuff. And you know, it must be, it's maybe easier because they're so skinny and they're so pretty and all of these things. And it's the same for you with the brands. Like you don't know if like these people are multimillionaires that have every resource available to them when like you are doing this on your own completely. Totally. Exactly. You don't know the other side of the fence. So it's, and I mean, the comparison attitude, we can go back and forth all day long Mm -hmm. on, but I think you're right. I, I think that was such a, such a golden nugget where you're like, you know, don't get inside your own head keep being you. Cause I mean, eventually too, there's, I mean, there's a market out there for everyone. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about kind of pushing down and really finding who you're speaking to and you know, who is it, you know, what are you attracting and how can you really tap into those sources? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about, you know, one thing that I think me and you love to kind of chat about is obviously the power of influence and social good. Um, and, you know, clear that's what this podcast is really focused in on. So what are some ways that you think businesses and brands could be a better influence upon their community? Mm. Gosh, there's so many. It's like as a business and as a brand, just being like more realistic and thoughtful about who your audience is and really being more of like a partner to them and like a friend to them than just selling to them, you know, hearing feedback, taking surveys from them to hear what they're interested in or directions that maybe they want you to go or, um, you know, a product launch or something like that. There's actually Frank body who is like a natural, um, face care line in, um, based out of Australia. Mostly they survey their customers like once monthly, you know, they just keep really, really close in touch. They hear feedback. They always respond to things and they're just really, really interested in their, what their girls want. Glossier, you know, is another good example of a brand that's really responding to the online community and the digital community by providing lots of diversity, different types of girls, different types of opinions, different types of things, because they're hearing from, you know, their customers that that's what they want. So I think the, the thing really is to ask the right questions and to always listen and be unafraid when they, your customers or the people that are engaging with your product answer. And you need to be ready to pivot if, you know, if something needs to be changed. I, I love that. I mean, it's again, going, going back to what we've kind of, the kind of theme of this episode, I guess, is mm. like, again, going back to human connection and like partnering. Yes. And I do. I love when brands are really 
connected with their communities. I love when it's, you know, one of the main things too, they teach you about business is that it's always about the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always about, so really making sure too, that, you know, you're honoring that community, you're honoring the people that are bringing you business and you're honoring, you know, these kind of, like you said, the ability to pivot, the ability to move in a different direction with your community and honoring them. I think that's so important. Mm, I agree. Um, Absolutely. So where do you see social media going? So I'm trying to figure out what it exactly is, but I think eventually this is kind of maybe far down the line, but everyone is going to have everything that they do recorded, whether Mm -hmm. it's with video or it's audio. Um, so you'll probably record every audio conversation. Maybe you'll share it on a podcast or whatever, but because people are so drawn to stories and they're so drawn to content in the moment and things that are happening right then and there, you know, I think most people's posts do better when they're, um, timely, you know, when they're sharing in real time. So there's going to be a push for greater, greater content or whatever shared in real time. So whether that's people being filmed 24 seven and having like, I don't know if it's like Periscope or whatever, but a live stream of like certain people's life and what they're going, going on. I could totally see that happening. I mean, I see that on YouTube where people have blogs and vlogs that are just basically following people around. Um, people like love that there's like a voyeuristic element that we have in humanity that people are really drawn to. So I could see that happening. And then, you know, podcasting, I think, will continue and continue to grow. Um, we've seen so many people wanting to start podcasts. We've been helping a lot of people with wanting to start podcasts. And it's just like going to be a medium that brands are going to be more interested in. And that's going to continue to grow as people, you know, as people realize that Instagram's more saturated, the return on investment with Instagram isn't going to be as high or as, you know, as high with blogs because everyone has a blog or a website now. So I think there's going to be a shift as far as advertisers spending dollars moving more towards podcasts. I love that. Yeah, I definitely think podcasts are not only having a moment, but I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, which is weird because podcasts have been around for so long. So mm-hmm. like it, they were, I remember when like, I actually remember when I had like an old, old iPod and there was like an option to have like podcasts on there. And it was like back mm-hmm. like when you would like, have like that physical buttons that you would push. And I was like, what the hell is a podcast? Like, so the fact that now it's like hitting and sticking. Yeah. So I know. I wonder what, I don't know what it was. That's like, I don't know. I mean, I could assume and my assumption is that um, people are kind of sick of looking at their screens. You know, we're on a screen all day at work, essentially. And then people watch TV and, you know, you're looking at your phone during the break. So it's like kind of giving people the opportunity to still consume content when they're cleaning or when they're driving or something like that. So I think that's another thing. It really helps when people like are addicted to content because it's another stream of content. And then I do right. think that people are now kind of looking more towards like, we look at a hundred photos a day, like even a second on Instagram. You know, I look at these photos that these girls take that are in fucking sane. And I'm like, well, keep scrolling. You know, you see these like crazy photos. And so now people are more attracted to the authenticity, the vulnerability, the sharing and that kind of thing. So then it's only natural that they can kind of get that from, you know, a podcast. I think you nailed it. I, I think too, like what you're even saying, like the screen thing makes so much sense. I mean, like yes. at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, it's, you just get drained. 
Yeah. <laughs> so draining. <laughs> I'm like laughing because I'm like, this is what we do for a living, but it's fine. I know. Um, I know. That's the thing is like, it's hard to talk shit, but like, you know, I, I talk shit about it, but it's such a weird thing. I know it is. I, you know, what's so funny is I've been like, I've been talking so much shit on Instagram lately because they really have just pissed me off. I mean, they're my first love social media wise. They always will be, but I'm just so sick of them manhandling the community. And it's uh, like, yep. man, it's just been like, I, and I, and it's like, I actually, one of my girlfriends was like, but you, but you love Instagram. They're like, but you will never stop using it. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I'm just so like, I'm just pissed. Like I can't help it. It's a necessary evil now. <laughs> it's literally a necessary evil. It's like you have yeah. to use it because we have to. Like I was saying, I'm like, yeah, you know, I if I if I had it my way, I would post on Instagram once a month. You know, sorry, I mean it's true. I would like I'm just kind of yeah, the way that they handled the their users, like everything, like I just feel like they, they haven't figured out how to monetize it as effectively as they have Facebook. So they kind of are just figuring that out right now. No, you totally nailed it. Like there's one option and it's boosted mm -hmm. posting. And now it, they're- you know, And they don't even work. Boosted posts don't even work. It, they don't. I mean, it's hard because it's like, it's it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really sad situation because I mean, you can increase, I mean, your boosted posts are essentially bringing in likes, right? That's mm -hmm. what you're doing. You're essentially- I don't want to say, I mean, I don't know how to say this because I don't think all boosted posts are like that. And I mean, I've met some amazing Instagram strategists that really do kind of know what they're doing in far as, as far as really creating these actions that convert um, or yeah. harnessing these actions that convert. But I mean, for, for example, if you're running a boosted post and all of a sudden you bring in a thousand likes and you're only driving five clicks to your website, mm -hmm. like what? Mm -hmm. Well, and then, I mean... Yeah. So there's that. And then there's also the fact too, where we're, we've been talking about it and I feel like the influencer community, I feel like the influencer community is being punished because they're making money off brands that Instagram hasn't exactly figured out how to be the middleman in between the influencers and the brands. Yep. And it, it's sad. It's really sad because you know, there are ways to monetize that there are ways to really build up that community and still be profitable you know, and right now, I mean, Instagram is a giant. I would even say mm -hmm. for the younger generation, more people are actively on Instagram versus something like Facebook. Yeah. And so it's, it's just interesting. It's such an interesting time. I know it'll be, but it's, you know, it also sucks too, is like, you were basically a victim to like whatever they do, you know, because it's our industry. It's like whatever they dictate that they're going to do as far as like charging or, you know, monetizing in whatever way. It's kind of like, we just have to take it or, you know, we just have to adjust and, um, you know, I guess like adjust is basically what I mean. Right. No, it's true. I mean, you do, you have to play by their rules and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to last though. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, one of the, one of the main reasons why Facebook has been so profitable and also one of the biggest platforms of, you know, all generations is because number one, it's never changed. And number two, mm. it's always been about the person. It's always been about your profile, your community. It's all about you. So yep. the moment that you take Instagram starts taking that away and making it about them, it's not, you know, it's not going to work. Social media is not like that. Social media is literally all about you. Yeah. And that's why it does so well, you know, because people are so interested in themselves and people are interested in how they're perceived and 
you know, Mm -hmm. but I think that could obviously, I think after a while that will probably change and people will be more about like the collective and like how we can like lift up the collective and how can we improve the overall collective after we've like figured out ourselves. So tell me some awesome trends that you're kind of obsessing over right now. I mean, we've talked about social media and things like that, but is there anything that you're just like, can't live without like apps or presets or some, Mm. you know, beauty or wellness products? Yes. So as far as beauty products, my ride or die is my Tarte BB cream. It's Tarte BB cream and it's, I use medium, which actually isn't as Mm. like, it's like a perfect color. And it's so light and it's like actually has a very good rating as far as like it's cleanliness or being clean with clean products. Um, and it's goes on super light. My skin never breaks out and it has like the perfect amount of matteness and like glow. And I always get compliments on my skin when I wear it. So my Tarte BB cream is the best for beauty. And then for wellness, I'm on the celery juice train and I've been really oh my liking gosh, tell it. Me about it. Are you doing it too? No, but I've been thinking about it. Yeah, just do it. It's easy. Juice Press Juicery has them. They're very cheap. They're like five bucks. Yeah, go to Press Juicery and get some. It's super easy. And I've just been doing it in the morning, um, you know, when I wake up. And it could be like a placebo effect, but I feel like it's nice because it's like the intention of cleaning out my digestive system, kind of like waking my body up kindly with these, like this plant enzyme that's going to help me feel good. And I have noticed that it has helped my digestion. And I just feel like I have more energy in the morning because I'm not drinking like coffee right away or I'm not um, eating right away, um, but having, you know, celery juice. And then for online, my obsession is I'm like, this is weird, but I'm like a YouTube girl right now. I am like into YouTube. Like I'm like a YouTube trash girl. Like I watch the trashiest (laughs) shit on YouTube. It is, it's like the only, it's like, I have like, yeah, Kardashians, I definitely get down on. But after that, I'm like, I like, it's like, I follow like YouTube drama, which is hilarious. So Shane Dawson is the best. I like love his series. They are amazing. And just all of the trash on YouTube, I, I basically consume it all. <laughs> it's that is so There's this one channel called like YouTube fails or just like Ooh. fails in general where it's like people attempting to do things that they just can't do and they just fail at it. And it is hilarious. Like, I feel like I'm still that, I feel like I'm still stuck in like 2012 YouTube where like, I'm still watching like the funny videos and stuff that like, <laughs> totally. You're like, watching like, the, like the Charlie Bitney. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, I should probably mature up on YouTube, but I just haven't gotten there. <laughs> no, no. But that's the thing is like with YouTube, like I watch like the like, t- like 20 year olds, like it's like, yeah. like Jake Paul and like Erica Costell. Like I like watch their shit and I'm like, dude, I'm literally 10 years older than you. This is fucking weird. Oh, it's hilarious. You know, what's funny too, is I feel like, so kind of going back to like what we were talking about with podcasts, like having their moment, I still feel like YouTube hasn't had their moment yet. Like YouTube's like, it's of course like, you know, a household name and it's massive, but I don't feel like, I feel like people are still so confused by YouTube. I I mean, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, like we go there to watch videos, but like, I mean, you have a YouTube channel. What is it like? I mean, honey, it's like, we just post our episodes on it. Like that's basically (laughs) it. So (laughs) it's like really no effort is put into our YouTube channel because 
I think with YouTube, like thinking about it, if I were a creator on YouTube and I made like vlogs or content like that to me is like you, like with YouTube, I feel like you have to go all the way in or not at all because YouTube is like the most responsive when you are consistent. Like even honestly, if you're putting out a, a video a day and it's so, and it's you talking to the camera, like people respond to that consistency the algorithm responds to that consistency. So that's the thing is like, I'm not consistent at all, but I completely agree with you that like, it hasn't necessarily blown up, but I think it's like deserves it. Like there are so much good videos that you could watch in 15 minutes or, um, great content out there. It's like, if people would move away from Instagram and go to YouTube, yeah, you can see like trash, like there's trash on YouTube, but at least you're getting something. There's so much more good stuff than like just looking at a photo, even if it has like a really good caption, you know, like watching TEDx talks or TED talks or um, a bunch of good stuff. But I completely, I mean, I'm on the same page. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, consistency is key with anything. I mean, yes. Even, even like with the podcast, I've noticed that when we, we really, that was one of the, our main kind of goals was just to kind of just make sure that we were always on top of launching an episode once per week. Yep. And it's really been amazing to see how, how we've grown in just, just doing that. Um, so I totally agree with that. Okay. So we're, I want to ask you some fun rapid fire questions. I love these. I feel like it, I, it's, they're like icebreakers, but I love doing it after the conversation. Cause I feel like I feel like our like listeners like literally go to the end to listen to these because you're always they're always a good time. So let's start off with your go-to cocktail. Mm, I am I like tequila right now and I do like a spicy marg. Like jalapeno margs are my favorite for sure. Oh yum. Okay. So did you go to Costera while you're here in San Diego? Mm, no. Okay. So when you come back, we'll have to have a margarita date, but this place is literally sits on, it's in uh, shelter Island and it looks out at the San Diego skyline. And one thing about San Diego is you don't really get the full view of San Diego skyline unless you're in Coronado or you're on like shelter Island and you can look inward just the mm -hmm. way the city's set up. So you look over the San Diego skyline, which is beautiful. And then they have like 12 different types of margaritas. They oh. have like a smoked hibiscus. They have a coconut. They have a spicy jalapeno one. They have one that has like Mexican candy in it. It's, it's unreal. So if you ever you come back to San Diego, yes, okay, Coastera. perfect. Done. I'm gonna be there again I'll at be. the end of end of or at the beginning of March with my family, and I'm gonna make them go, and we're all gonna get marks. It's it's trust me, it's the best. It's my number one go to if anyone comes and visits San Diego. I'm like, go there first. Get off the plane. Go straight to Costera. Yes. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite Instagram to stock? Right now I'm loving, um, Alexandra Roxo. It's Alexandra and then R O X O. And she is like a sexuality intimacy, like moon healer. She's one of my friends and she just like has been traveling a lot lately and really like going through it. And they're always like super spiritual and deep and like thought provoking. So I just have been like, and she's like stunning. She looks very unique. Like I love her look. Um, and she's just like really a badass. So I've just been really loving her content. And say her name one more time. Yep. It's Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A. -E -A and then Roxo, R-O-X-O. She's so cute. I just looked her up. 
Love that. Um, So what about your go-to self-love or wellness practice? My go-to is meditation. So that's like, you know, it's annoying and people kind of, you know, have thoughts about it. But for me, that's like the best way to really take time for myself and to really reset and like get my mental game in check. I love that. Do you have like an app that you use or is it just something that you kind of do on your own? I've used apps, but I get distracted by voices, you know? So if someone's voice kind of like throws me off, I don't really listen to it. So now I just meditate on my own and I'm able to kind of get into it. But, um, I did love, and I still do every once in a while. There's a podcast by Tara Brock. It's B R A C H. Her name's Tara T A R A. And she has really good 15 minute meditations for people if they want to get into meditation. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that you're like giving it people's actual names and things. I feel like that's so nice when people are like, yeah, go listen to her or go do this. Um, oh my God. I know people need to be specific. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, I want to know, I want to know everything that you like, you yes. know, and I want to go check it out. My, It's the yes. best. It needs to be tangible. 100%. Um, okay. What about your... I say your favorite awful reality TV show. Every mm. time I say awful, people are like, why is it awful? And I'm like, it's not. I'm just saying like, what is like your, like some people, like I think of reality TV show is like kind of trash, but like it's yes. a good kind of trash. Like I need it in my life. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, I would say, you know, I'm a Kardashians girl. I've, you know, I don't know why, but I cannot keep my eyes off of them when I watch them on TV and I really don't get anything from it. But I probably like rather than reality TV, it's like my YouTube shit. My YouTube trash yeah. is like my my thing. Oh, I love your YouTube trash. I'm it's gonna the start best. doing it. I'm so I'm ashamed, go- but I'm I'm trying to like own it. <laughs> own it. It's a like the, there's there's probably so many worse things that you could be doing. You I know agree. it's fine. <laughs> okay, what about your favorite podcast that you're listening to? Mm, right now, my favorite podcast is Gold Digger, G-O-A-L Digger by Jenna Kutcher. Um, I just love that she's so honest and professional and professional and then actionable. So she's just got a really good podcast for anyone that's in marketing or branding. I love her. She's actually somebody that we use as an example for personal brands. Yeah, man. I she's, mean, she's crazy. She's 30. I'm like, when she said she was 30, I'm like, I'm 30. How are you 30? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite influencer business owner? Favorite influencer business owner? I'd probably say Lauren, you know, Skinny Confidential, just because she's like, just, I, again, like she's so dynamic. She's very quick to make decisions. And she just has so many parts of her business where she makes money and she monetizes. And I think that you know, she's just always ahead of it. It's like, okay, are people going to YouTube? She's going to start doing more YouTube content. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely think she, she is like a good example for women to look to when we're thinking about like monetizing your business, especially. Absolutely. Well, Krista, you've been literally such a joy and so much Aww. fun. I mean, I feel like I could probably talk to you for like five more hours. Just I know. The way I was that like, I kind of wish we were together today. <laughs> I know. I'll just have to have you come back on when you're in San Diego. We'll I'm do so like down. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and thanks for sharing your story and sharing about your brand and going under the influence with us. Oh, awesome. You're the best. I can't wait to connect with all your peeps and I'll see you soon when I, when I come, we should definitely have a mark together. That sounds like a dream. <laughs>